Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker. Best of all, dad. And today's show, we have Charlie Myris with us, and we are excited to get started talking all about student relationships near and far, sort of during this situation right now as well as things we can use when we go back into the classroom. Before we get started, Charlie, can you give everybody who's new to the show kind of a brief rundown of you? Sure. I am Charlie Myris, and I am an eighth grade ELA teacher um, outside of the Cincinnati area at Loveland Middle School. And uh, I've been doing gamification for about two and a half uh, years, but this is my um, 15th year teaching. Nice. Uh, well, it's good to have you back on the show. I love, I love, love, love repeat guests. I think it's just fun to have like the community sort of grow and, and get everybody to know each other. And we, so many people in the Explore Like a Pirate community have just such wonderful ideas, such, they're just, they're great giving people. And I, I love connecting with uh, people here. And like I said, kind of having the repeat guest. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, like the XP lap chats, I've actually been able to make some while we've been you know, kind of like locked up. I haven't been able to having to wake up as early and that's right like that. And no, it's been amazing. That's right. Well, everybody that's tuning in, you can check this episode out on my YouTube channel. This is episode 159. That's season four, episode three. Hope you guys check it out. And if you want to drop either of us sort of a comment, that's a place that we both kind of look and see if anybody has any questions, comments, whatever. Love to hear from you guys. All right, so let's dive into today's episode here on student relationships near and far, probably starting here with the far, right? We have this situation where we, we built such great relationships with our students because this all happened in the sort of fourth quarter of our school year. And so we already had these like, thriving relationships and now all of a sudden we're, we're at a distance we're doing this distance learning thing and and none of um, I shouldn't say none of us but most of us aren't trained in that and I think even the experts in that area kind of say that that is one of the hardest pieces is to to have that human to human connection in a digital environment so uh, and then we have the extra layer of already having those relationships, which is a blessing and a curse, right? Blessing that we the kids know us and we know the kids, but a bit of a curse. They're expecting that same relationship. Yeah, I agree. And, and the hard, you know, it's not only they're expecting that same relationship that they are, but we are too. And so, and, and you know, kind of going into it, like it maybe not expecting it, but, you know, wanting to have that same kind of relationship. And now at least uh, how our school is operating, we're doing live like uh, Google meets twice a week. Um, so that they don't overlap with other classes. And so I get like 25 to 30 minutes um, with, each, with each of my preps uh, on there with the different levels I teach. And um, by the time that you go through content about things and we're, you know, everybody's told to mute their mic so that their, you know, screen doesn't show up. And uh, when I'm supposed to, when my screen's supposed to be showing up and at the end of the 25 minutes, it's like, okay, any questions? So, bye. Like, I mean, that's, that's been the hardest, you know, part about is that we, I, you know, just like you did, I'm sure have inside jokes, you know, with like 80% of your students or yep. something, you know, that you wanted to, you, you knew you were going to talk with them about almost every single day to going to, you know, let's get down to business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, our school has gone to 30 minute classes, 
Uh, and like you said, I mean, 30 minutes. We both teach middle school. Middle school, those relationships are huge. I mean, you, middle school is an awkward set of grades, you know, like where I think elementary can kind of get down to business. Students are ready and excited for school. High school, there's a lot more of that college pressure. So, like, I think kids, for better or worse, are more accepting of the fact that, like, we have to do this and we're going to we're going to get through this stuff. Middle school, I had it once described as we are like air traffic controllers, really just trying to make sure no one bumps into each other. <laughs> but like, a really good analogy. But that speaks to the relationship of it. Like middle school kids are going through puberty. There, there's just so many changes. Their, their cognitive abilities are like going, you know, turning on and off, on and off, on and off throughout yeah. the whole time of middle school. And uh, we as teachers you need to have that relationship side. You need to have those those inside jokes like you're saying, like where maybe like an, an accountant or a bean counter would say like that's a waste of time and that's inefficient. There's no way you could get through school just being pure like content, pure like focus without that relationship piece. But when you have a 30-minute online class, I mean, either you've reduced the content to telling them like a sentence, like... Rome right. is a city in Italy. There's my content for today. <laughs> then I have time to build relationships or I actually teach them something meaningful about Rome. But then that's 15, 20 minutes of doing something. Uh, one way I have, so I'm three weeks in. This next week will start our fourth week of distance learning. And a, a thing that I have arrived late to the party, I will fully admit people, I'm probably going to give this suggestion and people are going to be like, Really? But I used uh, Nearpod this this week, and that has really changed my distance learning because now uh, everyone can interact. Like the first few times I did lessons where, I mean, I tried to run it like my classroom. I would like call on kids, but that really meant, you know, three kids, four kids are participating and the rest are just sitting there in front of their video screens, you know, like kind of bored. Yeah. This way, like everyone has to answer some questions. Everyone gets to like do little fun things. So in my Nearpod, I made a few slides where I would teach them about Rome. I, we were learning about the triumvirate, this like alliance, this power hungry alliance. And there were three people obviously. And uh, then the next slide came up. They had to make a, a t-shirt. So I put a you know graphic of like a blank t-shirt. They had to draw a t-shirt supporting one of the people, but they had like two and a half minutes. So it was like, quick and fun it wasn't like trying to be yeah. this big big you know like show me that you know all the content so it's it was more board game-esque like you have 30 seconds or 90 seconds or whatever to to do this quick drawing but to see all the kids kind of light up because that that is a little closer to how i'd run my classroom i might not do it through something like nearpot but there would be these little funny activities these quick challenges uh that really changed things when i switched to doing nearpod I can think, I think that's a, you know, great idea. I was thinking about, you know, doing something similar with, you know, a similar product with Pear Deck, you know, kind of offers a very similar thing, uh, you know, as far as that goes and just trying to figure out how you, to work it in. Cause like you said, it's a situation where, um, students are so used to the way that we kind they, we, they interact with our content when we're in our own classroom, that it's, you know, hard to do that. I mean, we would typically break into, they're already sitting with their, um, factions, their teams, and, you know, they would, you know, do some kind of you know, quick, uh, intro activity or something like that. And that's, you know, kind of gone away, um, as far as that goes. 
Yeah, um, I mean, right? So that's the big piece. Like, we're sitting here trying to think how can we relate and act in a similar fashion than we did in our classrooms. Right. Um, and so in relation to that, one of the things that we do every day in my class um, at the beginning is uh, a random event. They're done through Classcraft, but you can just kind of change them however you want them to be. And you can, um, it's a fun kind of like interactivity. Sometimes uh, one that I, that I really like selfishly is uh, um, Ode to the Game Master. They have a, in their teams, they have to write like a five minute, um, they have five minutes to write a poem about how great I am. Um, so it's nothing like, nothing like forced flattery, right? That's um, awesome. But yeah, but, but doing ELA, you know, it works, you know, well into things and that would work, you know, for anybody. Um, but I knew that doing something like that wasn't gonna, you know, be possible. So, um, I tried doing this thing, uh, that, um, I've called like the Royal decree. So every day on their Google classroom, I post a, um, it looks like a scroll and it's kind of, it's themed out like my game and everything. Um, but it lets them know that, uh, King Jeffrey, the King of legendary Loveland in my game, um, has asked them to do a certain thing. So like the first day it was to take a picture with a uh, relative or their pet or something like that. And I got some, you know, uh, people that participated, but they have only until like that day to do it. Um, so that way they have to be checking in on their things and, um, that way they can, you know, kind of relate to me. Um, by the end of the week, I did them Monday through Thursday this week, by the end of the week, um, they had to do an opportunity to take a video of a talent that they had. And that was really cool. So I had more students do it then. And, and I got to see, you know, the side, you know, selfishly the side that I like to see, which is, you know, what, what do our kids do when they're not doing schoolwork? Now, of course, now they have a lot of time to do things, but there's only so many places they can. But I had a student that showed me um, how she could spin about. I knew she was really good at basketball, but she spin, spun a basketball on all five fingers, for example. Like, like nice. you know, one from thumb straight to the you know pointer finger to the ring <laughs> finger, like all the way down. Yeah, exactly. It was really cool. Um, I had another student um, that has told me over and over again that she does gymnastics, but she, you know, did like – um, you know, a like backhand spring, like layout kind of, I don't know all the terminology, but you know, she did like a whole like run, like she would do on a floor uh, exercise. That's awesome. Um, Cause that's like building that relationship that in some respects you're leveraging the fact that we have this digital space to learn things you wouldn't have. Those would have been just mere conversations is my point, right? Somebody would have said, yeah, I did a gymnastics meet this weekend. And you might've said like, oh, can you do one of those like flippy black things? And they would have said, yep. But like yeah. here you got to actually see it and then right. be able to comment back if you want. Like that's that's a different type of relationship that we couldn't do before because those would have just been mere conversations. So, you know, there are some benefits and and changes that are kind of good, I guess. And you leaning into them, I like this idea of these King's Decree. I've been doing something similar. So each of my assignments come with an additional Realm of Nobles option. And I tried to keep them small. They can sometimes relate, so sometimes the, the assignment might be write like a summary, and maybe like the thing that follows is like draw a picture of like what we saw, so it really matches. Sometimes it doesn't match at all, and it's like you're saying like go do this thing, and but it's it's now they're they they know that there's these chances to earn some points, and I and at first I was like should I do that or not because that really shifts how my game works a little bit. But I decided there are so many ways they can earn XP in my class that are easy, that mm -hmm. aren't always side quests, that aren't always... And right now, that almost has gone away because I don't have the classroom. They're not in my classroom. I can't have those relational moments. I can't do a little quick challenge or say like, hey, if the room's fully picked up and chairs pushed in today because like it's been sloppy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to give 400 XP to the house, right? Like there's those moments that I just 
conjure up and make on the fly. It's not in my lesson plan. Right. All the time to earn some points. All the time to also build relationships because when they do it, you kind of high five and like, this is awesome. Good job, guys. And all of that's missing. So I decided that these arguably easy tasks to earn points that I would never really count as a side quest. And that's really what they are. They're additional tasks they're doing outside class. So it's totally another side quest. Right. But the the barrier, the entry here is a lot lower. The effort has to be a lot lower. But it gives you a chance to high five some kids and, you know, digitally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's a you know great way to look at it because uh, um, one of my – I I probably end up doing it with my class like two or three times throughout the entire year, but maybe a little bit more. But when we do have those extra like couple minutes or something like that, we'll do like the lowest number game like that's mentioned in your uh, Explore Like a Pirate game yep. or Explore Like a Pirate book. And it's so interesting to see like the first time that they do that and try to you know figure out the lowest number that they're going to pick between zero and infinity. That has to be a whole number, et cetera, that nobody else picks. And by the time that you get to later on in the year, they've got like a strategy to it all of a sudden. It's just like oh, two yeah. seems to be winning. Nobody's picking like everybody's, you know, like, like, oh, well, zero won the last time. I can't believe it actually won. So like half the class picks zero the next time. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, got to see it's coming, guys. Like, um, I love it. Yeah. So um, another way that I've kind of, you know, I've tried to engage some students and it's been a little slow going, but um, for ELA at least is through this um, product called Storium EDU. Um, it's S T O R I U M E D U. I created an account. I have. Built... I, I saw that you created an account because you had a story world. I think it's. That's right. Yeah. I, I built some cards. I have yet to roll it out with these kiddos yet. So yeah. I'd love to hear your 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 take, your idea. Yes. So I've u- I used it uh, last year at the beginning of the year um, at one point, and uh, you know I was it was really easy to get students into it because I I was there to sell it. I was there to you know. Yeah. be you know the salesperson you know kind of thing as far as this goes at this point i've actually reached out to like a group like two different groups of four or five students and just said like hey you guys came to mind about this so just so it real quick what it is it's a story writing uh platform but they do um collaborative story writing so um it's got a gamification aspect where they get put into a scenario and they draw cards about things and they have to use the different um you know cards to help tell the story but I reached out to those students and they're in the process of, you know, establishing their game. And I'm hoping that once those students then talk to some other students about how fun it is, that it'll kind of like carry over. Yeah. Catch that on. Goes. That's nice. Yeah. So that's been, you know, one kind of way that I've tried to not only build the relationships with them as far as, Hey, I recognizing, I know this is a story writing thing. You're talented in that. You'll enjoy that. I think you'd be good at it, but also that they can work with each other. Nice. I dig that. That's pretty awesome. Because I think that's a hard, and another hard part is that, you know, we don't have those relationships, but they don't either. And people will say, well, students, you know, even, you know, in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, et cetera, can, well, they can just call each other up or they can, you know, FaceTime each other. And yeah, but are they making the effort to do so with the student, with those two or other than those two or three, you know, best friends? Yeah. They're not probably. No. And like, as a social studies teacher, I always joke that like, part of my job is the social part. Like I'm trying to teach you to be a good member of society, which doesn't just mean your four friends. Like, right. It means everybody. So like designing activities that make kids sort of work together is important. And then coaching them through how to be successful. That's a whole nother topic. That could be both a topic for in class and on this digital space. Yeah. That's, that's become harder. Um, 
one way I sort of continued to do relationship building in my class now is uh, I actually have, I don't know about your school, but again, my class times got reduced to 30 minutes, which really does mean my work day is shorter. I mean, like I don't, now I have a ton of work. I mean, creating a digital lesson has taken me a lot longer than just showing up to school and talking about Rome. When you've had the same job yeah. for 12 years, like I, I can pretty much go no lesson plan and still be a pretty good lesson plan. Right. Oh, for sure. And, but I think that's, and that's one of the things I don't want to say that people, you know, don't understand because our community has been um, really appreciative about it. The parent feedback, they we sent out different, you know, surveys about it. And the, I mean, it's just been like through the roof, like high nineties, hundred percent, like even on some different things as far as like, you know, the, how the parents are reaching out or the teachers are reaching out to the parents, how like we're doing with our designing of our lessons, but it does take, you know, longer. It does know, take longer. But as we've now moving into week four, just like anything, like I'm starting to get a nice pace. Like now that I'm using Nearpod and now that I'm using Nearpod more, like the ideas to create doesn't take as long. Like the first time I was like, well, maybe I'll try this. And then I like tested it and I didn't like it. You know what I mean? So now that you've tested it and you understand its features, you can quickly sort of grab the right tool. So as those things have gotten a little faster, a little easier, you know, I, I thought like, how can I build relationships with my students? And how can I give some of my time? I mean, because technically, like, this is the school's time. This is, like, their time. And so I decided to run a few Jackbox games. I don't know if you ever played Jackbox yeah. games there. Oh, yeah, I have. Like, you don't know Jack? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah. they've run some really spectacular sales during all of this. So if you haven't done so, check it out. Okay. Uh, and then what you do is you can use something like this like skype or whatever or you know facetime or whatever and you could project if you will the yeah. the the game board up and then they use another device or the same device with a different tab to sort of answer trivia questions draw funny things these games have all they're all party games right but i've been doing that with my advisees close to once a week uh we didn't start that first week so i can't say that it's exactly mm -hmm. once a week but um, they've been loving it, and I guess this is my other point. I have also continued to run Game Club, and that's open to everyone in my school. And we've been doing different uh, board games that you can play off the same dice. So you like think Yahtzee, but it, only one of us rolls, and we all place right. the same dice. But you can play some different ways, right? But one thing I've noticed, and this this actually harkens back to a lot of gamification research the the sort of specialty of offering something to my advisees and these are the ones i've done my jackbox games with i had about 10 advisees show up i only have 17 advisees so i've had more than half of my advisees show up to that game club that's open to all 320 students or whatever um i had like four show up so right. it's interesting like when we talk about building relationships, think sometimes exclusivity because that exclusivity means there's a tribe there. So like if you were to offer something only to your fifth period, and yes, you're going to rotate around and offer something to your third period and something. Right. But instead of just saying I'm offering all of this to my eighth grade Englishes, like that may seem not as like, ooh, 
And so then the, the draw to just do Netflix instead take, you know, kicks in. Because I'm offering this extra, which means they don't have to go. There's no reason, you know, like they don't have to do these things. But when you yeah. offer that like specialty, when like, hey, third period, this is for you guys. All of a sudden, maybe you get half a third period. And that's a lot better than four people out of 300. Which is interesting. And I think that it's that, uh, that exclusivity like you're talking about. But it's And part of the reason why is because, like you were saying with the, you know, I'll just do Netflix instead, is is he even going to notice that I'm not there? Correct. Kind like there's 300. You know? And it's always right. like when you, when you offer it up to that many, there's always like the, the, the easy to hide factor. Like I am sure other kids are going to come. So, yes, so I don't exactly. need to come. But if everybody says that, then right. four kids show up. I really like Mr. Myers. I really like Mr. Matera. And I, you know, I, I see that he's, you know, they're give, giving some extra effort into things because they recognize that that is like an extra thing. Like, yep. you know, even in, you know, sixth grade or below, they'll recognize like when there's extra things. My kindergarten daughter recognizes when, you know, her teacher does something extra. So, um, but there is that as- aspect where it's like, but so-and-so is going to, you know, go there and it's going to be okay. And I did the same thing. Cause I, I was, that, it totally makes sense now. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. Cause I ran like a, I wanted to run an all society. So that means all my classes gym kit, um, on there. And I said, it's going to be some vocab, but it's mostly going to be fun things. There's going to be some, you know, trivia about Disney and, you know, various different, you know, kind of just fun things or whatever. And I had like 22 show up out of 137. And yeah. I'm like, I was, I was in my head. Like I li- literally even had, like, I had asked the student to uh, do the play by play, like, so that he could do the voiceover as he was watching it and kind of like a sports game and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, it's going to be massive. There's going to be like 60, 70 students or whatever. And I had as many as a regular bell. Like, is, yeah. And I, mean, I was glad that they showed up. Don't get me wrong, but it, it was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think a lot of us teachers are dealing with and struggling with when we talk about these relationships. It's hard not to take that absence personal. And I think we all have to tell ourselves, all of us, kids and adults are grieving. The kids and adults are, every day, we're we're not in sync, right? Like, you know, this idea, this notion of a Monday being a Monday and a Friday being a Friday, you know, like super excited, (laughs) that's gone for everybody. Right. And so we're almost on different cycles. So some kids show up to your gym kit and it's it's like a Friday to them and they're excited. But there are kids that day that that's like a Monday to them and they're they're bummed and they're sad because of the world, because of this, because of that, because they stayed up too late last night watching Netflix. Who knows? But that's just it. Like every day is sort of a weekend and every day is sort of a work day. I mean, it's like all mish, mashed together. And I think that, but and that kind of brings up like another point too, is that you know we've uh, as a department, as eighth grade English teachers, we've decided to do this like weekly reflection, you know, kind of thing, uh, at the end of the week. And one of the questions on there is like, hey, what went well this week? Or you have a bunch of different options of different questions that you can pick from. Um, and that's actually a reminder because we're talking about like near and far. Like even when we're like back into like the classroom, that's something that I had done in my previous job for a while. Like we, you know. Uh, just called them like weekly check-ins. And I can't remember if I did them on Mondays or Fridays um, as far as that goes, or maybe I did them on Thursdays, you know, just so I had them before the students went home for the weekend. Um, And I mean, the feedback on there, like you got some pretty deep, you know, stuff that's going on. Some of them are just like, everything's going well, but some of them are on there. Like I can't stand, you know, doing the remote learning and it's been really hard because we're, there's, you know, four of us kids and we're all using the same internet and, all of a sudden you're getting a glimpse into like what you're talking about as far Mm -hmm. as, you know, what's going through their mind. And that's just as important once we get 
back into the brick and mortar classroom is knowing what's going through the minds and so many students are so much in my experience more willing to put things down as far as on paper typing it up than they are to just come up and you know tell you yeah i think it's awesome that you've given kids a space to to share that right and that's a great tip for those of you that are listening out there you know think i think we all have to think a little more about the social emotional even though like we may be lamenting our content, even if your content is really scoped and sequenced out. I mean, I think about math and English are two subjects that are, at least in our school district, very (laughs) scoped and sequenced. So like there is this pressure of like, we are missing a quarter of content and that will impact next year's class, which will impact next year's class, which will impact, you know I mean? Like there are possibly for something like math, you know, implications for kids that are in sixth grade for their senior year. I mean, like, right. <laughs> At some point, those out, those things all have to, like we, you know, talk about a year's worth of growth, you know, kind of thing is one lap around the track. At some point, like you will need to gain some of those, you know, laps back. And the, the only silver line that I can think of, you know, about it is, is that sometimes stu- teachers, you know, that I've worked with will lament, like, you know, I feel like they didn't, you know, almost gather anything that they were, you know, supposed to from last year. It's just like, well, at least you know a little bit of a part of it, you know, for this year. As far as that, it's like you can't blame it, can't exclusively blame it on the previous year's teachers anymore. Like, yeah, I think too. I hope. Uh, I'm always a firm believer that just life itself. I mean, this is one of the reasons I get into this idea of playful and joyous learning. I think our modern world, especially at K-12, has somewhat leaned too heavily on the science of education and not the art of education. And with that, we have a belief that our scope and sequence is perfect. And if we dole education out in these little 12 increments, they will leave math experts because we've like doled it out perfectly. And I don't don't mean to pick on math, but it's just something that there are so many micro skills you can scope and sequence it out really nicely. Um, But I, but I, I hope that what this shows us though is actually that there ends up not being a gap. That actually, you know, kids being creative at home, kids cooking more at home, you know, that actually like, I don't want to like reduce school to this, but sometimes I think of school as just a mental gymnasium. K-12, none of these are actually your job skills. Like you're, we're all going to have to like bone up on whatever we choose as our career. Right. So really it's about... There's a lot of training on the fly, like where, whatever job you go into and you might be able to relate something back or use a skill in a different way from when you were in school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are not, I always tell, you know, people like, you know, we're teaching uh, Shakespeare right now. I don't anticipate you using, you know, Shakespeare in your everyday career for the most part. Like, you know, maybe one out of my 137 students may have to do that at some point, but they do have to use like the skills that we teach them. Like it's like what you always say and what a lot of teachers always say is we, we teach students, we teach kids. Yeah. And See, we and we use our content in order to teach them. Yeah, for me, like Shakespeare's a perfect example. That is to me a great, great thing to point out for my notion of like it's just a mental gymnasium. Yeah. It's not so much that Shakespeare is going to be used or not used. Maybe it becomes the coolest thing in fifty years and it's going to be used <laughs> all the time. Who cares if it is or isn't? The exercise of doing that 
just like yeah. I mean, I can share research about like doing puzzles and like playing board games has like a huge impact on your ability to focus, your ability to like it increases your ability to hold and maintain cognitive loads at higher functions. Like amazing, right? But like there is no content being taught. It's just a mental exercise. And reading Shakespeare and answering your questions the way you want them answered or your essays the way you want them written, they're, they're, the, the odds that your essays are actually going to like perfectly help them when they end up getting a job is like close to 0%. Oh, yeah. But it's the but mental exercise. What does he want? Everything. What does he want? Yeah. I got to think about what he wants. He's asked for these requirements. Okay, I'm going to try to do these requirements. Those I need to manage skills. my time. I have yeah, to be like organized. The, like yeah. all those different things. And I think that, you know, coming back to the relationship thing is that when students realize that that is, you know, kind of the case, that they realize that the most important thing is that I'm working through this process of this remote learning kind of situation. I'm still maintaining, you know, as many relationships as I can with teachers, with, you know, uh, with my, all of a sudden the relationships with their parents have become astronomically more important than, I mean, they were always very important and we're both parents and, you know, we know that that's important, but I mean, in a lot of cases, if their parents are, you know, not like frontline workers, they're working from home, they're around their parents now 24 seven. Yeah. And, and that, you know, it becomes important as far as that goes even more hundred percent well charlie we are hit reflection time so you ready for today's quote and your ability to spin it towards relationships i am ready i learned that i learned that ability when i was in school you know so. boom <laughs> all right here you go this one is unknown author without communication there is no relationship without respect there is no love Without trust, there is no reason to continue. I think that's a really important, you know, kind of thing. I think that the when we uh, look at our students and we talk to our students about uh, things, is they they have to know that we love them, that we respect them, that we value them. And I think that's that's kind of how I end every uh, each of my you know digital lessons, you know, kind of things is uh, letting them know I'm like I miss you guys because I think that. Um, and I always tell them, I'm like, you might think it sounds cheesy and maybe you don't, but I don't think that they do. I think they know that it's sincere because of that relationship that we've built all year, you know, long as far as, um, things go. It's no different than when I, you know, a student was absent and then they come back and be like, man, we missed you yesterday kind of thing. But now it's just an extended kind of, you know, version about that. But, um, and I think the same, you know, the road goes both ways as far as that goes that they, um, you know, respect the situation that we've been put in to as far as that goes. They trust that we're doing the best that we can and, you know, trying to make all this work. Nice. For me, I think it's a great reminder for all of us now, as well as in the future, uh, that I, I all say it a lot of times on here that relationships King, I think it's the most important thing, but I, this quote, I think does a really good job of breaking down the fact that there are layers to relationships and communication is just sort of the first layer. So when we go online and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm using Zoom or Google Meet and I got all my little boxes and I see all the kids, we are communicating <gasps> like the relationships there. But yes, but that that is merely like step one of the relationship. Then there's respect, there's love and there's trust and like as teachers, we know in our classrooms, all of those are really important to get 
to that higher level of relationship. And I, I just hope that we remember that in these digital times that the communication piece is just layer one. Yeah, and I think that that's you know a good way to kind of look at it too, is because it comes back to kind of what we were talking about. Don't be you know hurt or offended or something like that if somebody isn't able to make that digital you know lesson or they're um, a day late on turning you know something in as far as that goes. I've had students that have reached out to me and they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this you know really creative thing and I'm putting this and I'm going above and beyond, but it's not going to be on time. And I'm like, oh that's awesome. Like you're doing something really creative and you're going above and beyond. Like, sounds great. Turn in when you got it done, you know? And I think that, that they feel comfortable reaching out to me is just a, you know, one way of showing that relationship. It's huge. It's huge. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Charlie. It was uh, excellent having you back on the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Huge thanks to everyone else for participating in the well-played community. Hopefully you've checked things out like the XP Lab community, which is Tuesdays at 9 Central Standard Time. And I hope you've checked out things like my YouTube channel where there's all sorts of other great content for you to get, as well as brand new, these global Let's Plays, uh, which I'd love to have you or your family participate in. They're kind of like those games I was saying we could play at Game Club where everyone can play. Uh, so check those out and you can play them. You can watch the lives after the fact and play them, you know, practice up so that you're ready to play when we do do a live in the future. All right, everybody, have a great day and play on.